To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment and another episode of the Domovex Show. I am your host, of course, Dom Torres, and again, for the 25th time, at my figurative but literal side is comic book creator and my great, awesome friend, Dylan Gray. How are you doing today, my guy? How are you doing today? I am doing great. I can't believe we made it to 25. This is a milestone. You know what I'm saying? 20, 25 episodes of awesomeness. 25 episodes of getting closer as friends. 25 episodes of me trolling you for liking Cyclops as much as you do. What a, what a ride, and there's much more ride to come, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. They're, they, we're just getting... See, this is the greatest part. We're just getting started. We're getting, we're, we're getting more hopes up. And we're, we're again, like, yeah, we're just having fun. Like yesterday, we were, so here's the thing, guys. We're recording this on Saturday, January the thirtieth. We were supposed to record this on the 29th, but I had a dentist appointment. I got, I got, you know, the, got, I got the drugs in and all, all that stuff. And I told Dill, like, yo, I can't record tonight because I'm feeling doozy. And Dill was like, you baby, and 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 and, and he got. He got semi, I don't know if I want to say frustrated, but Dylan was like, oh, Dom, I can't believe you. It's like, how do you even yeah. get there? You're a lightweight. You're a lightweight. I get it. <laughs> I mean, when I was your age, I was partying a lot. And you're obviously way better place than I was. So I can't really <laughs> hold that against you. But, you know, <laughs> so just a, like a little bit of gas, a little bit of pills or, or shots are probably a little too much for Dom. Little, little Dommy. Little Dommy No Tolerance is what we'll call him. It's canon now, guys. Dommy No Tolerance. Hashtag. I want to see hashtags. Dommy No Tolerance. I'm a. So, because I, I haven't oddly posted on the Instagram page for quite. I've been posting on the Granky Gathering page, but I haven't posted on my own. But speaking of posting, yeah, well, I, we will put that out there. It's, it's coined now, apparently, from the great mouth of, of Dylan. Speaking of coining. Coined canon, baby. It's it's living in canon. You know what else is canon, guys? If you haven't had a chance yet, go get X Men number sixteen. Pick it up at your local comic store because we're coming up with some daily uh, update of X's uh, here on on yes. this podcast. Just before we get into the meat and deep of the awesome dupe material that we're going to be covering today, guys, Jonathan Hickman and the X office have decided to do a great enormous thing. Now we both we both know that the uh, island of Krakow is some weird ethnocratic oligarchy because they got the quiet council and all that. Go read X-Men 17 because there's a lot stored in there, but Hickman, man, I like shout out to him, shout out to these guys. They're letting us vote for the final X-Man in in his run we're going we're going to get a team we're going to get a Scott Jean team and Scott and Jean are essentially you know what the humans can let whoever whoever like there's 10 choices out there guys but they're letting us choose one of them one of them to get on the X I think it's pretty cool I don't know what do you think Dylan Oh, I think it's awesome. Besides, like, just the marketing guy in me, I love the idea of, like, the marketing promotion of it. I like them asking, like, really caring about our opinions and all that kind of stuff. But the turnout for the people I want in for this is actually very, very low. I, I, okay, so what, who, what are our choices, Dom? Can you read so, our choices? Sure. I can nail off all 10 of our X Men. Here, because I have a copy of X-Men number 17, and all of them just happen to be at the back of this book. So we got Banshee, Sean Cassidy, of course, 
Polaris, the daughter of Magneto and the, ma the mistress of magnetism, Forge, the epic technological man, Boom Boom, Crackalack and New Mutant, Tempo, I, I don't know much about Tempo, but she was really cool in Marauders, I can tell you that much, Cannonball and Sunspot, the best bros of the Gen X of the X-Men, Strong Guy, uh, one of the all-handy X-Factor peeps in, in Peter David's run, Marrow, a former Morlock, and Armor, a Whedon creation in his Astonishing. Those are our ten people that we can vote, that you guys can vote in. Go to www.marvel.com slash X-Men vote, guys, if you want in. But Dylan, as you were saying, what about these ten? Gets you, like, intrigued and spot up. Well, right off the bat, the correct answer for me to vote was definitely I want to see Armor in the spotlight, <coughs> having a legit team to be on. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that New Mutants isn't legit, but it's not as legit as the X-Men, especially working with Scott and Jean. So she's definitely the right choice in my eyes. Unfortunately, though, she did not get my vote. No, I voted for Strong Guy because more than Armor, Strong Guy deserves some spot time in the spotlight, okay? He's strong, he's hilarious, he's got crazy background. At one point, he was literally the king of all hells. I mean, come on now. Let's let's see yeah. some of the strong guy action, you know? You know what the best part, and I think I texted this to you when I told you to go vote, or when Andrew told, whatever it may have been. I really want to see whoever the X-Men artist, whether it's Mahmoud Asrar or whoever's pen in the uh, Hickman books, I really want to see, like, I think it would be funny and, and really cool for the artist to draw, like, this big, huge dude. And and in comparison, you have these, like, six or seven smaller guys, like, on the page. I really want to see how they try to fit in Strong Guy with the rest of that. That would be that would be challenging, but pretty cool, I think, to see, like, for all the artists to draw Strong Guy. Because I, I think I, if they can do it, they can do it. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's not a crazy thing. We we saw how they did in Excalibur with with uh, Apocalypse. So it's it's not a crazy thing. But yeah, he is so much wider. Like height, that's one thing. But the width of that man, his shoulders go out to next Tuesday. If I'm if I'm not. Oh man, they are big. But they are big indeed. I voted I voted Cannonball just for the just for the the Gen X guy in me, and I I like him. He's also semi retired. If you remember from Hickman's New Mutants run. He and uh, he is in, he and his space wife Izzy. They're on some weird part in the Shi'ar Empire. I want to see him back. I think on on the X Men plus, like the way that I guess Psych and and Jean are already trying to steer away from this Krakoa nonsense. It makes sense, I think, for a non Krakoa like someone who doesn't live on the island. I think that would be cool, just like from a narrative perspective, just to see how that would all turn out. But you know what, guys. This is this is great because you guys all have a chance to vote. You guys all have like you you've heard, we've all heard this, right? If you want to make your voice heard, go out and vote. So that's what you guys need to do. If you want to go out, make your voice be known, go to www.marvel.com/xmenvote and go vote in the final X-Men. It's really cool. I like the stuff. I like the gimmicks. I like that we get to choose. It's pretty neat stuff. Definitely, definitely. And I can't wait to see who they choose. It's it's going to be awesome. Right at right now, as we speak, the winner who's winning is Polaris by almost a landslide. Honestly, well, no. They, here's the thing, though. Those are projections. They're not the because what I what I wanted from Marvel, and I talked about this with a couple of other comic peeps online. 
I really want to see, like, at the end of the vote or sometime, like, when, when everything gets announced, like, a final vote tally so I know that stuff isn't skewed. And from, and, and honestly, from, like, what I'm looking at, it's like, yeah, Polaris is winning because, yeah, she's the most famous of all, or, like, should win, right? Because she's the most famous of all of them. Honestly, I really want someone, someone under who, who hasn't had as much spotlight to get that spotlight because it gives, I don't know, it'd be really cool for Jonathan Hickman to say, you know what? I, I like this guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a draw him in. I'm a put him on the X Men. And I, I think I think the greatest part about this too is that the writer Hickman care. I think he cares about all of these ten characters. And who so whoever wins, I think coming off from this standpoint is like, yeah, the guy who's writing him care. It's clear that he cares. It's clear that all he cares for the ten guys. So whoever gets in, I'm, I won't be mad. I, re- I really won't be mad. I agree. Um, as long as it's not Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, but he's already in, you know, and so you have know, you just know, have I'm to just deal with it. Shit. I'm just talking shit. I'm just. I know, shit. I know you but are. Okay. Can I'm ready? Let's dupe this. Let's dupe this up. You know what? I I don't even care if this podcast. It could. It could not runs up to like an hour or an hour thirty, and all we talk about is how great of a character dupe is. You know what? I'd be completely fine with that because this 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 little green. Slug, I don't, I don't even know, he, this, this green dupe, okay, like, it's, it's literally in the name, I like that, onomatopoeia, look at that, dupe is already a great onomatopoeia, because you look at him, and in, in terms, guys, right, onomatopoeia means that the word itself means itself, it's like you, like, it, it, I don't even need to say anything, like, dupe is a perfect character name for dupe, because that's what he is, he's dupe, he's a dupe, like, it's, it's perfect, like, I, I don't even know what else to say. At least as far as the name's concerned, it, we're already on a great start. Right. And he's extra dimensional. He he can he can go just about anywhere at any time, be invisible, be in a separate dimension where he's is invisible. They don't really explain his powers too much, which is adds to like the awesomeness which is dupe. You know, uh he's you know you got mad respect in my book if Someone like Wolverine will take time out of his busy schedule to help dupe out. You know, like, that's pretty awesome, don't you think? Oh, no, absolutely. Like, see, because here's the thing. Again, I, I want to make sure everyone knows I, I, I like Logan, all right? I don't hate him. He's cool. It's just that I prefer the one-eyed man over the skinterverine, okay? There's, there's nothing. That, but whenever you get Logan to say, you know what? I, I know that I, I can I'm an Avenger I'm an X Man I'm a I'm a I do whatever like I'm I'm Logan right like I get I get Marvel the Big Bang Bucks because everyone likes me if you get him to say let's let's just have an issue where like Wolverine goes out out of his way just to just to team up with him and it was a really cool team up let me add you are I don't know you are just held up in higher esteem the most because Wolverine might not wanna hang out with Reed Richards. Or any of like these other characters. It's like, no, like you earn your respect from Logan, and Dupe definitely earned some respect from the Wolverine. All right, it's it's as simple as that. And I'm wondering if there ever was like actual story to that. You know, I kind of like I, I'm the kind of person that like we don't need, um, shit. What's it called? Uh, I'm the type of person that you don't need it to be 
I don't, <clears throat> okay, cut all that, here we go. I'm the type of person that doesn't need exposition, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you could just leave things alone and kind of move on, you know? For instance, in Fury Road, Furiosa, she had a missing arm. I didn't even care, didn't even think about it. That's just, okay, that's just how she is, let's move on. I don't need a backstory from that, I don't need anything. Let's focus on the story at hand. And so I kind of like having a little bit of mystery. I kind of like having that, they're best friends and we'll leave it at that kind of story. Um... Although I am interested to find out if there is, but we'll, we'll have to do some research. Unless you already know, Dom. So, as, as far as I'm concerned, I have this big... You know, like, those visual encyclopedias? I think you guys have... We have some of the comic shop, right? Where, like, it's this, like, huge Marvel encyclopedia. It has, like, all of these different characters. Like, for example, like, I have some of those uh, DK books uh, with their visual guides to the Revolutionary War and World War Two and World War One. Love the DK books. Love the DK books. I have an X Men one actually. Oh, you should give it to me for my birthday. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow, the audacity! No, it's only up. It's only updated the the la, the the most updated it is is to the first X Men movie. I don't think you want it. Oh yikes! So we haven't even gone to like. So it hasn't covered any of the. Post uh, new X Men stuff. Wow. All right. You know what? Never mind. I don't, I, I don't want. I don't even think there is new X Men in there. I think it stops like in the nineties. Yeah. There might not be even a house. Of, there might not even be House of M in there. Kind of. I'll have to pull it out. You have to pull it out. So, but yeah, my my point being though is like, so in in relations to that, apparently there is a guide somewhere in one of those DK books or anywhere else for that matter of fact, where it details. He met, Duke met Wolverine at some point in the Cold War, because that's, that's where he came about. I don't know when. I don't know how. We don't know how. Well, what matters is that these two seemingly have a decent relationship with each other. And I'd, I, I really like the fact that, like, oh, wow, like, Logan has friends. He's not just some loner. We all need buds sometimes, you know? When, when you can have, like, a guy, like, come up to you and say, you know what, bro? We need to chill out. We got some stuff to save. Let's go do it, and and that's and that's what those two are. All right, like it's it's crazy for me to be saying it, but I think it just adds. I don't know. I I really think that friendships and relationships are, are at the heart, and it should always be at the heart and construct of any book. Period, because it's it's what it's the reason to why we read these darn things in the first place. Yeah, but you know, a good loner story isn't wrong, bad either. I mean, look at Enemy of the State. Dude had zero friends in that one. Uh, I guess Electro was kind of his friend. Everyone was... No, I was friends... I, You know what? I made, I made friends with Logan that day because of just how epic that book was. Regardless of whether you could argue that Nick Fury or Electra or whoever the heck else appeared in that book. And there were a lot of people in that book. Uh, I made friends with Wolverine that day. But I just... Yeah, like we have this silent issue all right so apparently and and, and look silent issue so good i love a good comic book with no words in it i really do that that is the heart of actual comic book uh writing and art in the first place because you want to be able to read a comic without the words in it you know obviously words are everything you know it's not a comic book without it but to have a silent issue and have it to be able to re read like that is always a plus there was one that came out from image recently uh hedra hedra it was uh, about a space robot some aliens stuff like that completely silent great panel work 
Definitely check it out if you get a chance. It was a one shot, um, and I just I just freaking loved it. And I I really really ex- love silent issues. There was a giant size X Men that we covered. Right, that was a silent issue. Gene and Emma. That was a silent issue. That was a si- what I love about silent issues is the fact that like it makes us remember that we're reading comics because not only is there a guy with a script typing, there is a person taking those words and laying them all out in beautiful panels for us to enjoy and and to just bask in the beauty about comics and and beauty about uh picture storytelling i think is the fact that we get to see what these artists these these guys who can create figures backgrounds worlds like flesh them all out take what the guy who's making them you know, take take the person who's who's typing out the words and and putting them all on the page, and he's and he or she or they they put it up all and 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 just give us a spectacle. To watch. It's like watching a movie or watching something else where like no characters are talking, and you just get to see what these characters are doing. And that's I think the greatest difference into why I enjoy comic books more than anything else is because of the people using the pencil or the pen. Or the brush, or whatever it may be, to give us beautiful, beautiful stories. And this really just—it just made me solidify. Like we need more. Like we need more issues like this, where it's just the artist taking the script and doing something awesome with it. Shout out to Michael Allred and Laura Allred for for doing this amazing stuff. By the way, it, it it really was a well drawn issue. Yeah, and we get to see how crazy Dupes' powers really are because he basically takes all of x-force and they get put into his mind like a a black hole opens or something from like a pimple and sucks them all into his mind and so they they're in his his depths of of what goes on in his mind and he literally turns himself inside out to go and get them it was it's just i more dupe stuff I can't wait to see what Hickman does with Dupe. I mean, let's be real. Like, Hickman's going to do some crazy stuff with him. That's why I think he's been holding off on him for a while. Speaking of that pimple, dude, I I really like this in the fact that, okay, this might be a weird thing, but I really think that the pimple humanizes Dupe because it shows that he, he, as a weird, as Dupe, like, as himself, has the same sort of body slash genetical flaws as we do like i remember back when i was 13 14 and i was just going through puberty right i started to get these pimples and zits all over my face and i was like what's happening i was clean and then all of a sudden my beautiful face is gone and and it's shrouded like my forehead shrouded and all these pimples i really like the fact that that michael allred added in a pimple for duke because this boy, this shows that, hey, like he's not, he he might be cute, he might be pl- he might be plushified, but this this guy has similar genetical flaws, just as we do. I really like that added in touch, like from the bottom of my heart. I actually do. I think it's a great addition. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you totally. Uh, and and, um. The whole, I mean, we're, we're through all the X-Force stuff now. We still have a couple more things to read to kind of finish off the Ecstatics run. But, I don't know. I felt, though, and it might have been on purpose to 
I didn't get enough dupe through this whole entire thing. I thought he was such a cool character, and I might have been on purpose why we didn't get a lot of it. Like, it's kind of like a tease, you know? Can I ask, though, like, so you know how dupe goes into his own mind, right? Like, how he turns himself inside out, like, he puts his hand in, and and then he, he mixes himself. I really like the weird addition... <laughs> Of all, like, the mini dupes, like, inside, like, we have the big purple one, and he's got his, like, head exploding, because dupe's like, whoa, what the heck? And then we got, I think it was, I think it was Orphan, and his head's, like, he has a skull day on the side. Was just, was that just, like, is, is it, like, time running out? Is it, like, he's getting, I don't know, I, like, I look at it as, like, oh, wow, dupe's getting attacked by this weird parasitic dupey monster. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're inside his mind, and like all good storytellers, inside your mind, there's a lot of like your your demons, there's the, your your uh, your issues, and they solidify in the form of you. And I think that's kind of like what it was, which makes me really wonder, like, what what is Dupe's issues? What where did he come from? What what's going on here? You know, has he? He's a mutant, right? That's canon. So he obviously is at one, like, has like a human kind of. He he has human parents, right? That's got to be it. So what's what's he dealing with? You know what what possibly what things could he possibly be dealing with? And how did he get on X Force in the first place? That you know what that 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 brings me over to a great question. I think he got in. Because we see Dupe all, almost like a, de- a decent amount of the time holding up a, a video camera, right? Like, on, and most of the panels he's in, he's usually with Hugo, like sometimes with Hugo Girl, sometimes with Orphan, sometimes with Anarchist. And he's holding up this like big, uh, big camera recorder, like like one of those like olden things, like back in the olden days. I can't believe I'm saying, because like nowadays we have our iPhones, we have our Samsungs, we have all of that, right? So we, we but in those days... They get like you're. It's like you're recording a film, right? Like so, you got this big thing on set. And I think that's what he's there for. He's there to record whatever the heck X Force needs record. Like if they need to broadcast something, if they, it's it's like the all those like again the great uh, allegories and and metaphors that Milligan's bringing along with Hollywood over to the comic books. It's and so I think that that's why Dupe has to be there, right? Like he's recording all this stuff. I don't I don't like he can't speak intelligible english like we often see him when he's talking in like some weird gerbless language it's like me whenever i read kirko not kirkoan but like whenever kirkoa says something it feels like that it's like what's he saying i don't know i think he's there to record and make sure that everything is on point with the ripoff x-force i think that's what he's there for yeah i mean they they want to know i I think it comes down to it might have started with the original guy, the the vomit guy, I forget his name. Axel, I think his name was, right? Yes. Something like that. Yes. And I think he, he was really into watching the tape of him kicking everyone's ass. And so I think it kind of started with like, okay, let's bring this guy on here and you can record so that we can learn from our, our footage, the game footage, if I may. You know, but it might have just been like him just like kind of being into himself a lot. <laughs> Oh man, it 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 could have been a beam and said like, you know what, dupe, you you, you look cool, get on the team. I now here's the thing, honestly, I I really want to see this and, and and in connecting back with the 
current X-Men. I re- imagine if the Krakoan populace voted in Dupe as the next X-Men. Wouldn't that be like? <laughs> oh my God! Don't don't give me these awesome dreams, bro. Because that would have been yeah. Where's the write-in ballot, right? Someone right. else brought up something. I think you might have brought this up actually. Um, what about uh, multiple man? Voting for himself a million times, you know? That, dude, I, that, hey, man, we, there's a, election fraud is a, oh, it's out there. That would be a hilarious instance of, like, like, Scott and Gene are reading off the ballots, and Scott gets, like, 10 million or something from Multiple Man, and Scott's like, wait, we don't have 10 million people on Krakoa, so how did he get 10 million votes in? I think that would be a cool gag. Again, nothing to do with dupe. I just really think that would be a cool gag in for the... I think we just... <laughs> like, look at how Krakoa failed at not suppressing... Or whatever, right? You know what? Yeah, we, we we need a gag like that. We need hilarious gags in often, like how, how dupe couldn't save... T- okay, back to what, I, what we were talking about. I think we went off on a different tangent. We did. We, we definitely went do. off. We always, we always do, right? <laughs> it's just that's just the way we both roll. Okay, so Dupe in this issue, he's going in, and right, he sees he gets big. Like he punches a couple of, of walls. He's 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 checking along the team members, and all these different buildings are are, are getting up, and, and there's a whole. You know what? One of these scenes, I don't I don't know if you remember, but it's it's like if you remember this. It's like you see all these like different buildings. He's in this like weird world that he's trying to like take out the clock. It's like it's almost past or gonna strike twelve. He's going in and like there's a whole bunch of these different buildings and and there's all these like different like like these yellow eyed people and they're about to strike down one of the team members and Dupe's just like fighting his way. That low key gave me some Days of Future Past vibes, where like one of the, like all the X Men are running, and the, the the Nimrod, the Nimrods are out there and are trying to get him. You know, like that. That's what that reminded me of. I thought that was a really cool like, I don't know, artistic thingy. I don't know how you describe. It. I I thought this was just a good touch in by Alred. I I agree with you. Um, it was it was it was just. Yeah, artistic. It was it was a good. Yeah, you said it best. I can't add to that. Uh, yeah, artistic <laughs> thing. I don't even know what they're called. Like, yeah, right. Someone add us and let us know, please, and thank you. <laughs> Those are the magic words. Okay, and then there's like this part where Dupe goes. I think it's it's one of the Dupe goes into like some weird library. There's like a whole bunch of books, like literally all across the shelf, and, and two of the peeps are picking them up. And then, like, this weird red guy, he comes up, and he, he, and all the books are falling, and everyone's running, and then Dupe just, like, he sees, like, this guy, he's, like, the guy who's getting out the books, and he just eats him. He eats him whole, and he's, like, he's chewing on it, and I'm, like, what does this mean? Dupe, what are you doing? Are you, are you, is this, like, a metaphor for, like, you're, you're trying to eat all of the bad stuff out? Or is it just like you're hungry and you needed a quick bite? What does that actually mean? <laughs> Could be both. Could be both. I don't know. Like <laughs> okay, and and there's one part I swear, guys. Like it is crazy. We're like a whole bunch of like you know what? There's these there's female dupes out there too. All right. So after 
after he gets like the spiky, I think there's like the, the book's called like spiky cross dressing or something like that. And it has the team member spike on it. He sees all of these like female dupes are all dressed up and they're all like, ah, we're going to get you. Like the clock's almost going to tick down and, and dupe eats the book. Okay. He like all these ladies, all these female dupes are out there. They're almost there. They're like, what are you doing? The clock. And then dupes just like shrug eats the book. And then the next thing you know, anarchist is like he's struggling out of the wasteland i'm like what the heck just happened did he like change time did did he teleport somewhere else in his weird psychedelic mind in that moment yeah i i thought it was funny that he actually had a bunch of information on people like originally i thought maybe because they went into his mind he automatically gets all their memories or something right I don't, I don't know. Or he could have just had all this footage already, like, ready to go for whatever reason. Because I feel Maybe he's like just... he's just constantly recording everything, everything and everyone in, in X-Force, right? And he's just got it slated in his mind. You know what? That's a great thing, too, that you mentioned that. I think Dupe is actually a pretty smart person. He just can't express Definitely. himself because he can't speak English. I think 100%. that... Right? Like, this guy who's green... Yeah, this guy who looks like he literally is a generic. He looks like a plush toy. Like if, can I just say that if he was out, if there there has to be dupe plushies out there, I want one. Okay, Marvel, if you have one or if someone has one, please give. They, they, he looks so cute. I want to hug him. But this guy who literally looks like he could be dumb. He's just there to record. No, this guy actually knows his stuff. Again, like yeah, sure, Wolverine's out to you know team up and all that. But no, like, this guy actually knows what he's doing. So, like, for him to see, like, all this stuff happening and then solve his own problems inside his head, I think it adds another, hey, this might, this guy might not be as bad or, like, useless as we thought. This isn't just some, oh, well, haha, look, it's the, it's like, I guess the equate today, equate, like, equal today would be, hey, look, you remember this meme and it's just a meme. No, he's actually a pretty useful team member to have i think if you can argue with that like he just knows he knows what he's doing he's not dumb definitely definitely i mean i literally before this had nothing i knew nothing about dupe except for that he was awesome i've always i like always liked his his the way he looked and like i've known a little things from my friend mike at the comic book shop telling me but i didn't know a lot or really anything so I uh, going into this, I already loved him. You know what I'm saying? Even the little little cameo <laughs> cameos that he had, I was just like, I'm on board with this. And like doing the silent issue that which I've heard about for years. Years I've heard about this issue. And being able to see it and being able to see him use his powers and his his personality and all that kind of stuff was really freaking awesome. You know? Because that that's what's you're right. He is a great team member and should be on more teams. Straight up. I mean, he is. does he teleport? No, but it's recon. Like, why isn't he working with X-Force? Like, for real. Like, he's perfect for X-Force. Honestly, he mate. Doing all, mate, right? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I want Hickman to somehow retcon his powers. If they need a teleporter on a team and Dupe just happened to, like, be available, I want Hickman to do one of those classic Hickman retcons where he sometimes just ignores just for the sake of ignoring I want him to retcon out that, hey, did you know that Dupe had a teleporting power and we never got to see it? And with the amazing and, and long list of stuff that he already can do, 
I think that, like, just adding that to him would already make him go. Like, if he can do all of this, like, in weird stuff, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, like, blown out of my mind to think that, oh, wow, he's, he's worth more than, uh, he, he's worth more than what's on the tin, what's on those nutrition facts. He can do more. I'm going to argue. I think that'd be cool. I'm going to argue with that. I'm going to argue with you on that, and for the fact is, I, I'm I'm the type of person that doesn't like to op or nerf a, a character at all. I think what he has, like he, he's got this crazy dimension inside his mind. He he can he doesn't need the teleport because he can go between dimensions. You know what I'm saying? So maybe you could do something with that, like he goes through this hole and then comes out through this hole, and you know something like that. But no, like straight up teleporting, that's that's too op. That's too OP for a character that really is already OP in a sense, yeah, it, you know? Yeah, you know what? I will. I mean, one of I his will. strongest powers, one of his strongest powers is being best friends with Wolverine. So, there you go. I will give you fair, I will give you fairness on that. Okay, because that was a really solid argument and and I can I can sympathize with it. If they're going to go dimension, you know what? Dimension hopping is already cool. I I actually would like to see like hey, like Scott's like, "Hey, do you want to go to the Few days of future past timeline and kill all the Nimrods. You know, you know what? I'd, I'd be, I'd be done with that. But I would also like to point out another amazing thing in the silent issue, and it is Dupe and and Yugo Girl. Yugo Girl has, and we'll talk about her later. Uh, in again, because we still have five, like six more issues to cover after this. Yugo Girl is it needs her tongue. She's trying to get out, but she can't get it because she can't, you know, she can't smash the. So which, but here's the problem: there's a whole bunch of these lids or I don't know containers. I don't know what you call them, but there's a whole bunch of these storage parts where they all have the tongue. And she's like, "Wait, my tongue? I can't talk. Which one?" I really like how Dupe got out the tongue for her. All right, like I, I thought that was, I thought that moment was cool, and even more so the fact that Dupe's like, "Hey." It's a silent issue. Shut up! You can't speak. I, that was the best. I, I laughed a little at that. I, I thought that was a pretty good comedic moment, and a, a needed moment of levity. But I loved it. Definitely, definitely, uh, and a lot of tongues there. A lot of tongues. <laughs> there was a lot of tongues in that part. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it was, it was amazing. I, I liked all the stuff that he did with all the different characters but speaking of amazing and different people let's take a short break dominic and see what's going on at the other other side of the grand geek gathering we'll be right back after these messages to my podcast listeners the grand geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture as well as a diversified variety of segments conventions and everything nerdy Hosted by our very own Tyler McPhail and with Lamar Harris, the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms. Please go ahead and check it out at the Grand Geek Gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are we are back after that quick message, that quick whoosh, that quick oof. And we just talked, we just literally had dupe one and a half, well, half appreciation hour because it wasn't a full hour. Now, again, 
like I said, like I wouldn't have been mad if the it went if it went a full hour talking about Dupe because Dupe is just that awesome. But guess what? There are like five other members on this team. I want to get to them. And there's also another issue that also touched my heart and also reminded me of a certain person who who passed away. Uh, so our good friend Marty, uh, who used to work at the comic store, introduced me to Darwin Cook back when I met you guys back in 2019. Uh, showed me a lot of, you know, his, 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 you know, like that, I don't know, just his art always gives me happiness. Like whenever I see Darwin Cook stuff, I always go like, oh man, you know, like I'm, I'm touched by it. And one of my favorite Green Lantern issues, I don't know if you read this or not, but it was part of the Jeff Johns run just before he got on the main Green Lantern title. Uh, there was a issue, an issue with Hal Jordan and he was... Uh, he was getting his taught by his dad how to fly, right? He was getting taught by his dad how to fly, and every single go, Hal would then teach the next people up in line. You know, hey, this is how I ride airplanes. This is, this is what it feels like to soar. And he did that with Carol. He did what he did that with Kyle, and get like and Darwin Cook drew that issue. It's one of my favorite Green Lantern issues of all time. And so the issue directly after the dupe silent issue is one that also touched me as well because again it just shows me and and i think everyone who has and should and will read this book how important relationships are in comics and and why i fell for you go girl like it's so weird like i just never thought in my life i would care for a character with an alias named you go girl that's how great this darwin cook issue was yeah, well, first of all, I was not ready to see some Darwin Cook art. It was freaking so on point and perfect for the aesthetic of Ecstatics. And I thought it was I it was, it was just awesome to see that. Anytime that man picks up a pencil, or I, I just want to see the art. He's so good, so good. R.I.P., R.I.P. But That's R.I.P. The, the character development of You Go Girl and seeing where she came from and how she grew up and... And just her backstory and all that kind of stuff was, it was heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and, and made me even feel for her even more. Like, you could tell just by the way she talked and that one issue where she says, I got to get us home and literally teleports her back home. It was, uh, I was like, there's going to be some more character development here. This is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, and I was right. And I felt feelings. You remember feelings, right? Oh man, I had so many just by reading this Darwin Cook issue alone because like you expect like date issues, right? I man, they're usually so well usually usually so well done. In fact, like my favorite part of Tom King's Batman even though it's definitely not my favorite was the double date. Those double date issues were the bomb, all right? And and it's awesome to see again characters we don't because we don't yearn for seeing uh and and this is just like a minor thing like when we read comics guys we're usually in it because the guys we read punch things they shoot things they fly they do all these action stuff right like they're they're superhero comics for for god's sake right like you you we read these comics because we want to see our heroes win but at the same time we develop I think a feeling and a deep stretch for the the characters that we're reading. And normally when issues take, you know, one or like when a run takes one or two issues to take time off and just let 
and give us more time to spend with the characters that we're reading, we often fall in love with them even more because we get to see them out of uniform, how they how they react, how how they see the world, and really just this this orphan slash you go girl date. It tugged at my heart because I got you got to see what these two were feeling, and you really got to see like oh my gosh, like you go girl is actually this really cool deep character who's gone through a lot. But you, you know, at the side, like she just, she, she, like at the end when she goes, you know, I don't care if the world hears us. You know, that that is the moment where you, as a comic fan, just go, "That's what I love about reading comics." You get to yes. see the end and 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 how much you feel for again, feel for the feel for the guys. Like it's it's so awesome, and and the Darwin again, like you said perfectly, like the Darwin Cook ass like aesthetic just fits it so perfectly. Definitely, definitely. At the core of all comic book reading and writing, I mean, anyone will tell you, it's always characters first. Characters is what get people to pick up books more than a creator, more than more than anything. It's, it's about the characters. So it's so important in a medium that's so character-driven to literally, like you said, take time off and like let's have an issue where we're focusing on uh, backstory of characters. Like you could even have it going. Like one of my favorite things is like during a fight scene or something like that or an action sequence and there you get to learn about them, you know? Tom King, I, I you know, we can go on and on about the good and bad things he did, but his best and strongest thing as a writer is his character development and getting people to care about characters, you know? Or to re remember to remind us why we like these characters. I mean, he wrote that Vision book. I can't stand Vision, okay? At me all you want, guys. Vision is the poor, <laughs> is the poor man's Martian Manhunter, even though he came first. That's not the point. The point I'm trying to make is I didn't like him. I read the book. I thought it was phenomenal. It made me care about him. And hey, that finally is, got to that it. Is what, I finally got to it. I did, and I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, I mean, just, just keep it going, man. Like, you... To any inspiring or comic book writers that are even out there right now, you guys got to focus on your characters more than anything because that's what's going to get books moved. That's what's going to get people to come back to you. You know, don't skimp on, on the punching and explosions and the sex scenes and, and, and all that <laughs> other stuff that comes great with story. Like all that is all super important. But the characters are number one in the comic medium. Hands down. Tell me otherwise, you can't. You can't. And again, just that whole last again, that whole last page of the Darwin Cook issue where again, she like them two just they don't they don't care. Like they they, they can they can be themselves, they can feel themselves. They, and I think that's a that's a, just an important thing as as far as storytelling goes. The freedom of expression that you give to the characters who breathe life into your story and that you go along the ride with them and you want to see them succeed. It tugs at your heart because you know, like, oh, like, it's that moment where you go, like, oh, it's so cute. that got to me. You live for those emotional moments. Like, you read to get those. And I, again, in an X-Force book, you don't expect that. You expect pew, pew, pow, pow, ba-blam, ba kabow, like, all of that. But here, we just get a time off just to see what these two these two characters are feeling and... I again I can't I can't be helped but say I was emotionally satisfied that that night I read that issue. Like I I was almost up in tears. It, it was that good. Yeah. Making me care about someone named You Go Girl. I mean, come on. That's that's just brilliant. And the art. Uh 
we're we're going in circles now. I think you know again, <laughs> but, like you know, it's we need to let the people know Darwin Cook again. R.I.P. He needs to be more. Pre- I think he needs to be appreciated by everyone. Awesome guy. Awesome books. Awesome art. I, I don't know what else to say. I, you know what else I can say though. I can say that we will be taking a short break because there is one more tittle, little, 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 little story before this part of the coverage of Ecstatics ends. We'll be right back after these promotional messages, guys. Hang in there. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't feel the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there. Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. All right, guys, we are back here on the uh, Domovec show where we are getting to the last strut, the last phase of the X-Force part of this ecstatics run because guess what? There's, they, guys, they, they made a whole entire ongoing because this team did really well and phenomenal. And it's like, these guys are great. Well, guess what? Again, like we have, we have a little bit of work to get there. So let's just quickly glance over, you know, the, the, the final pieces of the story and, and what we liked. And this weird three, four-parter of, hey, guess what? Space stuff, right? Space stuff is always, always a part space. of the. I feel like, I feel like space is space. always going. I feel like space is always going to be a decent part of the. No matter what era or what book you're in, just like, hey guys, there there might be a cosmic firebird out there. There might be an empire that is is getting at everyone's toes, and we don't know how it'll go. I. And I, you know what? I was actually decently satisfied with this space ish, like these, this space story. And again, just more good character moments. And well, the fact that they got to space first actually got me off by, I don't know. I don't know. It got me off by weird surprise. But hey, I'm not complaining. Every, most space stuff by Marvel is usually good anyway. So hey, I'm, I, again, I'm not complaining. What a roller coaster that was. You know, they, they went up knowing that they were basically being set up they wanted the cia basically said yo f you guys we don't like you okay we have to work with you because of special interest groups okay but here's what's going to happen you're going to go up to the space station you're going to lose and the cia is going to save you have fun (laughs) ah the cia you know what i got i got strings and beef with a couple of things the cia is one of them hey you know what i i was like you guys are sending them off into a space mission. You're just going to leave them to hopefully die. There. See, that's that's the one thing, too. There ain't no one going to survive no space mission, especially when you're out to get a couple of peeps there, right? And wait, you know what? We're going to be fighting with someone. You may not survive. It's space. Like, you know, deal with it. Like, something happens in your shuttle or your spaceship. You all get blown to bits. Or some weird alien is out there, and they're blown to bits. You know what? I I found this is this is 
a little less to do with what actually happened in space, more so what I noticed in the dialogue bubble. I think it was a news reporter. I can't remember who was talking, but they were talking about, hey, you guys are going to talk about the 2010 uh, Mars space station uh, that's that's going to be that's going to be placed in that year. I'm thinking about this in like a real world sense. We haven't even been cl- remotely close to landing on Mars. I have no idea how those planes are even now, because I think we're. From what I remember, and this was from me, like, studying all these years ago, like, about, you know, because I took two astronomy classes in college. We're supposed to have stuff there at Mars by, like, 2030. 2030, 2031 is a due date. I'm like, so what what is a 2000? Because, like, in the Marvel Universe, obviously, you have all this stuff in space, right? But here in the real world, I don't know, we're not even close to Mars. We, we, We got... And some people even think the moon landing was fake. But you know what? I, I don't know what to think about that. So, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I honestly, I, it could go either way with me with the moon landing conspiracy. Um, personally, it doesn't surprise me either way. <laughs> America. That's, all, that's my comment on that. <laughs> it is, uh, that is definitely an interesting comment from, from Mr. Dylan. You know what? I... All I will say is that Dead Girl is pretty pretty cool. Like we get an introduction to her yes. in in the earlier issues, and she's fun. She's just like she's just nonchalant and and feels actually feels dead. But because she feels dead, like you understand, like oh, like she's trying to feel something, but she can't. It's why she she sometimes willingly went out to go sacrifice herself because she's already dead anyway. So what's the point? And coming back and coming back because again, she's Dead Girl. She was cool. I actually thought that in in the context of the story and how it all worked out and and her relationship with Anarchist, I thought she was a pretty cool pretty cool chick. I I really thought that she was a great character. Yeah. No. Um and I love like back to character development. They they focused on her and she real she says her whole backstory and then she realizes this not might not be my backstory. I have no idea what what really happened. And the more I think about, it, the less I feel like I know. Which is another really cool thing to kind of do, you know. And once again, I don't need any more backstory. You don't need to go into it. Like, give me a one that may or may not be true, and let's move on from it, you know. And you could, you don't need to add anything to already someone we get right. Like, I love the premise of again. Like, you go out there, and she's just like. Again, like, I can sacrifice myself. You're not going to lose anyone. Even Orf... Man. Because I keep thinking of... He's Mr... He used to be called Mr. Sensitive. Mr. Sensitive still irks me as a... As an alias. It it really does. But Orphan is just like... Hey, you know what? You're already dead anyways. And he has, like, this face. It's like that leader's face. It's like Cyclops when he's, like, all serious. And he's about to, like, shoot you to... Shoot your brains out. He's, like... And, like, with his red glasses... Glasses flowing... I think that's what, because because they were the team was talking about you know who's sacrificing themselves, who's not gonna die, and an orphan was just like you know what you're already dead anyway, so just go out there. And he had that look on his face, and yeah, dead girl's just like you know what yeah fine I'll do it. We really really saw the true leadership capabilities of orphan in during the space station arc, and I thought it was a really because you know he. He's very, he's literally by definition super sensitive to everything. Uh, he started getting feelings and doing all that stuff with you go girl. And it, it kind of messed with him, uh, I think, a little bit. And like, 
especially the thing that he did with with uh, sending the kid back, uh, hiding the kid away with 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 an orphanage instead of like giving him to go be turned into a uh, experiment and and learn and heal drugs or and healing drugs and all that kind of stuff. So he wasn't really to me a good leader, but. What he did on the space station, the way he he got everyone together, the way he they decided on who who lives and who dies, and and all that kind of stuff was just all really really awesome, and I, it really showed his growth as as the leader because he was thrown in as leader out of nowhere. I don't think he really wanted it to begin with. And that's a great thing about growth, and is that when characters are sometimes thrown into the spotlight, and sometimes it may not even be envisioned. Like it's it's like that person who got gets a job or gets a promotion for a job that he didn't even know he was great for anyways and then he ends up being the perfect fit for that position it's sort of like this where he might not have been the first guy i think to be the the leader of x-force but because he was thrown in that situation he got to first off explore himself in a way that wow like i didn't know that i could do this and i had these capabilities of doing all this different stuff but two it for it it shows that Characters don't have to be one-dimensional where they're like, you know, they stay in the same thing. No, he learns to be a great leader. He learns to learn what it means to sacrifice, to put himself into situations where I go from I'm uncertain to I'm certain we can pull out this victory if we can do these certain things. And that is, I think, the great marksman of a leader is someone who, you know, puts well, puts a team above all and, and ensures that he's getting his job done and everyone's getting their job done and again it's great job by milligan to put again like this guy who i didn't even know before in this situation and then all the and then wow like we get to see what he's actually capable of and again i he might not be the biggest boy scout but hey he's a leader i i appreciate that i love my leonardo's i love my cyclopses i like i like orphan he's cool all right i like him and we saw a lot from anarchists too I mean, he literally sacrifices himself in 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 the story, you know. And he does. I thought that was, I thought that was a really cool thing. He was he he went up to that space station ready to die. He was kind of just done with everything. He he didn't know where everything was standing, and he was worried about just where he stood, just as not just a mutant, not just a teammate, but just as a being on Earth and where his place was, you know, and. I thought it was a really cool moment when he, he thought that he was about, well, when he was, you know, drifting off into space, worried, you know, and he, he's just sitting there thinking about his life and where he came from and, and all that he had done. And it was, it was awesome. I, I, I really, I started to really feel for him and, and like him a lot more. This, the whole space station arc was really one of the best character development things that they did the entire series, I thought personally because they really dove deep into everybody the great thing about these situations and and in regards to anarchists i really like what milligan did there with him and i you put your characters into great situations that's actually what that's actually what i appreciate about jonathan hickman the most is that when you put your characters into dire situations you need to see what comes out of it like the now, I'm not saying, like, oh, we need to put everyone in these harsh situations. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when your characters are put into a 
a situation where their life is on the line or something's on or something happens afoot and everything goes wrong how do your guys respond to it and the way that they respond to it is not only i think the sign of great writing i think it's a sign of again characters being more than what their power set power sets are like who is this or this part of the team who's the guy to make the sacrifice play who's who is everything gets defined and again like that's a great thing about all these different situations is that when you get when you get one of the things like this where things are out of your hand CIA wants you dead we don't they don't like them how do you respond to a situation like that and everyone in that station you go girl orphan anarchist their lives on the line you really get to see what they are made out like what these people are made out of and the whole a's b's and c's of yeah well my friend's life is on the line what do i do it is again great stuff from milligan really great arc it 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 really is a good (laughs) four story arc just just centered around these you know three people and how they respond when Everyone else is on the line. Definitely, definitely. And getting a, a weird, the weird relationship of uh, Fat and the werewolf guy. I always forget his name. What's the werewolf guy? <laughs> is it Spike? No, no. Spike was, was no. the second member, the new member that they brought on. No, it was... Oh, crap. Is he I even forget. I can't appreciate uh, Velocer, something like that. Something. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, the the whole relationship that they put together with them was a really interesting thing, too. Because at first they were acting like they were gay to get more, like, people to pay attention to them, get more press and all that kind of stuff. But then they actually ended up falling for each other, which I thought was hilarious. That was a bit, you know, that was one of the best parts. I, it's, it's, it's just insane to me how... Literally, we get to and and this arc ends in a really powerful and emotional way that got me moving. I won't spoil because I want you guys to figure out what happens and why it tugged at my heart so much. Uh, but the essentially, and I really like the way that Milligan even placed it in too, because literally everything falls on ar- arbitrary stuff, even though. You Go Girl makes a really good argument saying that if you're going to go by that, then everything is arbitrary. I thought that bit in it was great. And the way that all of them go out and how they go out is just, again, it it tugged at me. Like, I just did not expect to have that gut feeling in this book, but it it punched me to my core. It was something that I was just not expecting. But I, again, I want you guys to go in and actually experience this for, for yourself because me saying it would be absolutely uh it, it, it's no comparison to what it actually feels like reading those pages inside the inside the book definitely definitely and i'm super 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 happy i got to read it i am too like again when this whole whatever the heck is happening on when the world ended and, and we can we can do normal e stuff again, I want to give a big hug to Mike and say, you know what? Thank you, thank you, thank you for recommending Dylan this book because again we still have one more part of it to go before that we're done covering the first trade. 
But I just the way that all these characters are handled and the fact that it just feels so different from X-Force, even though it technically is X-Force, it really just gets you to appreciate, again, all the character stuff that Milligan has given, but also just just really good writing. This is this is great writing on, on a great scale and how Ecstatics actually forms. We'll cover that in the next episode. But again, really good stuff. Um emotional gut punch I, I, I have no more words to say i think i've given up all my adjectives for for this yep, episode we are, <laughs> we are adjectived out we are adjective out but we're not again guys we're not done with this x-force because they're gonna make a return in on next episode yeah we are done with the x-force issues but guess what again like i said earlier marvel thought and marvel saw that this series did great and they were like you know what Joe, Joe Quesada probably up there someone say, hey Pete, I really like what you did with X-Force. Why don't you go have your own book? And we'll be covering that own book in next week's episode, the first five issues of it at least with another occasional or drop-in one shot. And maybe we'll go back to it if like volume two or volume three comes up or comes out. Whoever whoever is concerned. Because again, I'm really loving the series. And again, I, I want to thank the Grand Geek Gathering for hosting and and producing all the, the, this amazing podcast. Again, we've said it for the last few times. Go check out their stuff. Really awesome. And yeah, Dylan, I, I don't even need to say it. Like, thank you for, for tugging and and getting me to uh, go in through with ecstatics. Because, I again, like, this is... I am ecstatic to read actual ecstatics next week. Me too, me too, man. Ecstatically, so stupid sorry uh yeah my bad my bad i can't win them all i can't win them all can i you can't win them all dylan and that's the unfortunate part but ecstatics can and they will be and they'll be there next week thank you guys again for listening to this episode of the dom of x uh we are thankful for all you listeners out there go follow me go follow dylan uh dom of x studio is mine Mr. Dylan Gray is his on Livid, whatever, Instagram, Twitter, all the platforms. You know where to find us. Domovixpodcast at gmail.com for any questions. You can DM me. My DMs are always open. I tell people this all the time. Anyways, guys, we want to see, we will see you in the next episode here with me and Dylan next week. Go vote! <laughs>